Hi, we are Caroline and Levi Holt, and we're part of the family here at Holt Farms. When I think of the people that I know that I watched wear Liberty overalls growing up, hard work, determination, perseverance, just a real appreciation for their craft and what they did and, and for things that, that lasted and for things that, that meant something to them. That's what I saw walking around in Liberty overalls. Shop LibertyBibs.com for your pair today. Hi, I'm Caitlin Dubin, and this is the Rural Woman Podcast. I'm a first-generation farmer who married into agriculture. Born and raised in a city, I was so unfamiliar with where my food came from, but I was determined to figure it out. Through my journey into agriculture, I saw women who were strong but humble, often taking a back seat. To me, these women were leaders who deserved a seat at the table. I created the Rural Woman Podcast to share the voices of women in an industry whose stories often went untold. The rural entrepreneurs who live and breathe their work, full of grit and pride. We come here to share our stories, to be in community with each other, to be challenged and inspired, but most importantly, to be celebrated and to be heard. We may not all live, farm, ranch or homestead the same, but we are all connected. We are rural women and our stories are worthy of being told. Hey everyone, welcome to this special featured episode of the Rural Woman Podcast. Today you'll meet Kendall Durakovic Bauer. Kendall is a Florida native who has a strong passion for agriculture. She has been working on building her cattle business, KD Cattle Co., for several years and has always had a vision of using her cattle company to help bridge the gap between producers and consumers by taking the extra time to be a source of information to folks with questions about cattle or anything ag-related. This special featured episode is sponsored by Liberty Overalls. Now, Liberty is committed to telling the authentic story of its company and its products, and they thought what better way to tell that story than to highlight the story of one of their own customers. So I was so excited to connect with Kendall, who is a fellow Lady Liberty bib wearer like myself, and we share our favorite products and some stories about Liberty bibs while highlighting Kendall's amazing story in agriculture and I cannot wait for you to hear it. Without further ado, my friends, let's get to this special featured episode brought to you by Liberty Overalls with Kendall. Kendall, welcome to the Rural Woman Podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. I'm happy to be here. Thank you guys so much for inviting me on. For the listeners who are unfamiliar with you, Kendall, give us your background. Who are you and how did you get your start in agriculture? Okay, this might take a minute. <laughs> but <laughs> I grew up in a small town that I was always surrounded by agriculture, but I didn't grow up on a farm or anything like that. I definitely always had a love for animals. And then in high school, I got involved in the FFA program and started showing steers. And that's really what sparked my passion for ag and 
I, from there, I knew I wanted to continue in education in agriculture and go on to college to make, get an ag degree. And then I also knew, from there knew, okay, one day I want to start my own herd and sell beef locally. So that's, that's kind of how I got started. Do you have any favorite memories from FFA that you want to share with us? Oh, man. It was a great experience. I don't, I can't think of like one memory, but there's definitely challenges with, you know, raising a show steer and then, you know, putting all this time into it and selling them, um, which I knew from the beginning. And I'm not one of the ones that was like super sad about it, but it's definitely something to experience, you know, and um, just training a you know, thousand pound animal to walk around like a dog, basically, is it's a lot of work and a lot of time and effort. So I am always amazed by seeing show cattle and the kids who, like you said, are able to make these giant animals walk around like a dog. And I have to say that they're probably more well-groomed than most dogs on a farm anyways. <laughs> so they're there's so much love and passion that goes into raising show cattle. And like you said, you know, at the end of the season, when it goes for sale and everything like that's it pulls on your heartstrings, but that's what you're there for. And that's what you're doing. Right. Exactly. So you went to university uh, and got an egg degree. Tell us what your next steps were after that. So before actually graduating from college with my bachelor's, I got the opportunity to work for the Starkey family, and they're pretty well known in my area. They had a 16,000-acre ranch, and throughout the years, it's gotten sold off and developed just with the economy changing and things like that, and especially just being in Florida. (laughs) So the family wanted to keep ag in the area and called me one day and said, hey, would you want to work for us and come check out what we're doing? And they were building a farmer's market that they wanted to be more of a boutique kind of indoor farmer's market, but it was still a board and batten uh, building that looked like a barn made from wood that they milled off their ranch property. So it's definitely a very, a very cool business. And it's one of those things It's like you, you kind of don't realize what it is until you see it. But I got to be the general manager there for about three years. And then I got married about a year and a half ago and had to move for my husband's job. So I resigned from there, but I still do their social media. So, yeah, so I'm still involved there and work as their social media marketing manager and and their photographer. So I enjoy still doing that and being a part of that business. That is a very large ranch. Uh <laughs> When I'm thinking of how many acres that is, that is absolutely huge. And I love that you were able to connect your love of agriculture and, you know, connect that with the community around you by creating this place for folks to come and see, you know, creators and makers and people who grew their food and connect with them. Yes, I really enjoyed it. Definitely, I always loved working with local farmers and ranchers and you know, being able to provide their products to the general public and kind of help bridge the gap, which is also one of the reasons why I wanted to start my own cattle company. So tell us more about your cattle company. I 
think it's so neat that you have taken your love for cattle and, you know, started your own small herd. So tell us when and why you started your own cattle business. So I started my cattle company about five or six years ago now. And honestly, I just started with two heifers and I didn't have property or a lease or anything like that. I just wanted to get my foot in the door and bought some heifers and raised them and then bred them and then bought a couple more. And now I I have, you know, a bigger herd and I feel like I can call myself a rancher now when before I was just, you know, I only had a couple cows, but I definitely... I'm always striving to learn as much as I can. And, you know, networking is the number one thing that has helped me and just saying, hey, can I come help you work cows? And that's that's how I've learned and attending any seminars and different things that I could throughout the years to just learn as much as possible because I want to be, you know, care for my livestock the best way that I can, you know, in the best way. <laughs> how do I say that? <laughs> But, oh, I don't know. You get what I'm trying to say. Yeah, that's perfect. No, you did great. Um, I love that you mentioned that networking is a big part of what you do in when you're starting your business because I think it's so important when you're learning something new or even if you've been doing something but you're growing, I think it's so important to have a community around you that can understand what you're going through and, you know, be there to help you if if you need a hand and vice versa for you to be there for them if if they need anything. Yeah, 100%. I always, when I talk to younger people, I mean, I'm still young, but when I talk to, you know, kids in college or kids in high school, I'm always like networking and meeting people and offering to help. That's the best thing that you can do for your career. Yeah, for sure. So Kendall, what have been some of the biggest challenges when it's come to starting your cattle operation that you want to share? I mean, to be honest with you, in the beginning, it was very hard just being somebody who didn't come up in in the ag industry and being a female and trying to reach out to people and say, hey, I, I, need, I want to buy cattle, but I only needed a couple heads so, at a time, you know, so it was hard to kind of get your foot in the door, but you just have to stay persistent, to be honest. And, but that was one of the biggest challenges was, you know, finding a mentor that would take the time to take me seriously and, and work with me yeah, and, and help I, me, you know, learn all the different, all the details of working cattle and the different vaccinations and different ways to do things and what's best and, you know, things like yeah. that. And I think it can be, I know for me, not coming from agriculture and coming into this and with livestock specifically, I was always intimidated to ask the questions because for me, it was like, well, should I just be looking this up somewhere else instead of bugging them or asking them? And if you do look it up, then you get so many different answers. And it's just nice to know that you can find people who are willing to help you and are willing to, you know, not make fun of you, I guess, if <laughs> you ask those silly questions, because the silly questions are going to come no matter what it is. I think even if you've been doing this for a long time, 
you know, you can come up with probably some things that you've never experienced before. And if you don't ask, then you don't know how to do it correctly. Right, 100%. So what advice do you have for someone who's looking into getting into cattle specifically? I think it depends on what exactly they're wanting to do. You know, are they wanting to raise beef or are they wanting to have a cow-calf operation? Like, I wanted to do both of those things. So I was like, I need all the information I can get, you know, just depending on what they want to do or whether they are wanting to, you know, raise show cows or, you know, raise raise show calves for other people to show, things like that. just depends on what they are looking to do, number one. And then from there, definitely, you know, like you said, networking and, and trying to find a mentor, you know, somebody they can go to to ask questions. And luckily, I did eventually find people that were so helpful and still are. And, you know, I can text photos to and say, hey, have you dealt with this before? And, and that is something that, you know, I'm so thankful for. But as far as advice for them, other than that, is to just learn as much as you can and be patient and you know, just honestly just get out there and do it. And I always tell people, you know, starting, it's, you can't just buy cows. You know, there's a lot more to it than that. You have to have a trailer and, you know, a set of pens and, and all of that. And having somebody that can kind of help guide you as well is, is always beneficial. So, absolutely. Yeah, I think those are all great pieces of advice. And especially don't just go out and buy a cow because you have the space for it or whatever, right? Like they're a living animal and they need to be taken care of a certain way. So, <laughs> it just, yeah, I feel like it depends on what your background is. I mean, yeah. I grew up around horses and had, have had horses before I got my cows and, you know, was in FFA and learned a lot through that and then got an ag degree and networked and there's a lot of steps (laughs) you know you don't just you definitely don't just buy a cow one day I mean you could but take it from somebody who has just bought a cow one day don't do it (laughs) well yeah (laughs) oh that's so funny you can't you can do it but yes there will be some learning along the way if you do it that way (laughs) yes I mean, and even me, sometimes I kind of call my first, you know, my first heifers that I bought, they were like my guinea pigs. I mean, like I learned to draw blood on them. I learned to do so many different things. And so I'm like, sorry, girls, but thank you for yes. teaching me. <laughs> but, um, you know, things like that. So true. Liberty Bibbs has been making overalls since 1912 for the whole family, men's, women's, and kids. Their women's overalls and shorts are perfect for any woman who wants functionality and comfort. With a wide range of sizes, fits, and styles, they truly have something for everyone. Liberty overalls are made from the highest quality of materials and construction, so you can be confident that they will stand the test of time. Whether you're looking for a new pair of everyday overalls, outdoor work overalls, or something special for a particular occasion, Liberty Bibs has you covered. Visit the link in today's show notes to look around and discover the perfect pair of overalls for you, or head to libertybibs.com. 
So tell us more about the cattle that you have. What breed of cattle are you raising and what are they being used for? So especially starting out, you know, just being a smaller female and knowing like I am doing this on my own, I definitely always wanted docile cattle that were going to be easy to work with. So I took a lot of time and like hand selecting each heifer that I bought, number one. But I mainly, I love Hereford. So I do have a lot of Hereford and Brahma influence as well as some Angus. So mainly just have crossbred cattle that, you know, I have raised those heifers and bred them to grow my herd. And just over the years, I've been pretty much keeping all of my heifers as replacements to grow. And then any of the steers or any of the bull calves, you know, steering them and then raising them for beef to finish out and sell locally. That's great. And where are you selling them locally? How are you marketing them? To be honest, I'm still working on my logo and my website and things like that. So honestly, it's mainly just been word of mouth so far and friends and family and my customers. Like I have a few customers that will buy from me every year or every time I have cattle that go to the processor or the butcher. So definitely want to keep continue expanding and continue to sell more you know beef shares every year because I definitely you know don't have enough supply for the demand especially just being in in Florida there's definitely a a gap there of you know people wanting local products or you know local beef and produce but not knowing where to go to get it yeah for sure not know, not knowing, yeah, like not knowing someone they can get it from. So then when they do meet you, they're like, oh, you know, we want it, but I don't, I only have so many that I, you know, have available a year. Like I do try to keep, you know, all my steers I finished from my herd, you know, that I've raised. And so that's why, you know, I'm trying not to outsource calves just so I know, you know, where they came from and just can make people feel comfortable knowing like it came from me and and I know everything that it's been given um, and what vaccinations it's had and and things like that. Yeah. Well, and you've obviously worked in situations where you've been able to connect people with their food um, before you were raising their food. And I think the story between raising uh, food or growing food and being able to connect that to a consumer is a really powerful thing. And I think it's something that, you know, shouldn't be taken lightly. And you've obviously grown your herd and you're able to supply your community with locally grown beef. What has been, you know, the reaction to selling your beef to your local community? Are they familiar with the process of how food gets to their table? Or is it more of a, I had no idea this is how far food really needed to go to get here? That's a great question. (laughs) I would say, I mean, at least in my experience, most people don't know. I mean, most people have no idea what it takes to raise a steer. And it's like, I'm always thinking it takes years. It's years of my life. (laughs) You know, like it's not... It's not one year, it's, you know, I have this mama cow that I've bred and she's pregnant for nine and a half months and then she raises that calf for six to seven months and then, you know, it's another at least year and a half to two years that I am feeding it out and, you know, then I finish it. So it takes a long time and a lot goes into it and, you know, providing them 
supplementing them with mineral and um, different things like that. But I definitely think people don't know. There's few people that really like appreciate it. Well, when you describe it like that of how long it actually takes, it, it's so amazing to me because I am extremely guilty of not realizing where my food came from or how much effort it took to even grow the food or raise the food that I was eating. And to put it in terms of it takes years for you know the freezers or the coolers at Costco to have meat in them. Like it you know, the supply and demand, uh, it, it takes a long time to be able to supply that demand. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then like, even when I started, it's like they were heifers that weren't of breeding age. So then, you know, I had to raise them and wait to, to breed them and things like that. So yeah, I think people just don't, and I don't blame them. They don't know. And I was one of those people when I was a kid, like I didn't, I didn't know before I really got involved in ag. I think that's one of the reasons as well. Like once I got in high school and started buying my own groceries and things, I was like, you know, what is, what is it? What does cage free eggs mean? You know, what is, is grass fed beef better? You know, all these different things. Like I wanted to know, and I'm thankful now that I've gone through everything I have and gotten to visit some really awesome ranches and farms and gotten to see what I have been able to see, which I know a lot of people, you know, We'll never, you know, visit the kind of farms I have or, or never, you know, go walk through a production dairy barn and things like that. So that's one of the reasons I always try to just advocate. And it's like, yes, I have, you know, my beef cattle company, but I'm here and happy to answer any questions ag related that people have. So. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's why we're here. And that's why I think it's so important that we share our stories in agriculture so people can connect a face to their food and say, like, I, you know, maybe I will never go to a dairy barn and see full production dairy, but I have seen someone on social media and they're explaining to me how my milk got to the store or how my beef got to my freezer, all of these things. Like that's why I think that advocating for agriculture, like we're like we're doing right here today, Kendall, is so important. Right, exactly. So you and I have something in common, Kendall, and that is that we both love our Liberty bib overalls. And I'm so excited that uh, Liberty has connected me with you today so we can share a little bit about of our love of Liberty bib overalls. So <laughs> my question for you about them is, why do you work in Liberty overalls? I think when shopping for overalls just in general or you know work where to work cows and things like that i came across liberty overalls and i have three pairs of the duck bibs and i love working in them because they're durable and i love all the pockets so many pockets when i'm tail bleeding or you know giving vaccinations i can you know, keep my needles and my phone and paper towels or whatever i need i have it all right in my bibs so i love that i also love that Liberty has, they're, they have women's that fit women. <laughs> so right. that's, you know, one of the things that I was looking for, it's like, you see all so many different kinds of overalls, but rarely, or even workwear, you know, and a lot of times it's like geared for men. And I mean, I even wear men's Wranglers a lot of the time too, just also for their durability. But I love that Liberty has 
women's apparel. I am the same way. And I just think it's something that I I guess I never really thought of because to be honest, I never thought I would be wearing overalls for my like job every day of my life. So (laughs) I I didn't come from the egg background. I worked in an office. I wore high heels to work kind of thing. And now I'm, I'm in overalls wearing them. But like you said, I love the ladies Liberty line and I don't when I got my first pair of them, I I put them on and compared to the men's overalls that I had to wear before because there weren't ladies workwear for me, um, I put them on and my immediate thought was, oh my gosh, these are like the yoga pants of overalls because they're so comfortable and they have stretch in them like where women have hips. There is some room for the, your hips there. So... <laughs> So you yes, said you and they're had... Not, they're not big and baggy. Like, they actually fit. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So you said you had a few pair of the duck bibs. Uh, which ones are your favorite pair? I don't... I guess... I mean, between the colors, I probably like the light blue the best. I just feel like they're a little you know, easier to match or coordinate my outfits with. But I love them all. I love... I have the khaki and green as well. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's hard. It's nice that there's options too, right? That there's options of colors that you can wear depending on what you're doing. Typically I wear the light blue mint color when I'm gardening. And I have a funny story I from this summer, actually, <laughs> um, a neighbor of mine stopped by and I have to say like, I, I was looking a little like a hot mess that day, but it was fine. I was wearing my mint uh, overalls. It was super hot outside. I was dirty from head to toe. And I had like my bright orange, ridiculous Crocs on that are like my go outside, throw the garbage out, come in kind of thing. But she just looked at me. She was like, I just love your outfit today. And I I still don't know if she was being serious or not. I should (laughs) go back and ask her, but uh, they're fun. And it's fun to you know, be a woman in agriculture and still be able, you know, to dress the way that you want to. Like, we don't have to wear the the brown colored bibs all of the time. Like, we can wear, you know, the green ones. We can wear the mint ones. We can do whatever. So, um, yeah, another... Yeah, that's also what I love is that it's, they, you know, it's not like only a jean bib or white or black, you know, it's your main regular colors you see all the time. Like, they have all these, you know, like the green and the mint blue or different colors. So I love that about it too. Yeah, for sure. Well, we, we're just bib girls for life over here. <laughs> I have to say too, um, we were chatting about bibs before we hit uh, record. One of my other favorite pairs is they came out with, uh, I call them short alls. They're like bib overalls, but they're shorts. And when I originally saw them, Kendall, I was like, I don't know, am I going to look like I'm seven years old, like going for an ice cream cone wearing them? I kind of do, but they're super fun anyway. So (laughs) I always look forward to wearing them in the spring. Um, You know, being in Florida, I'm sure you get to wear yours a little bit more than I do here in Canada, but they're really fun. (laughs) Yeah. So Kendall, what are some of the things that you think that you are the most proud of Uh, when it comes to your cattle operation and your journey into agriculture? I think just following my dream, honestly, and like I go, you know, out and put hay out or, you know, go feed my cows or whatever it is. And I'm like, this is what I wanted. Like I'm, I always 
wanted to have a herd and, you know, grow that to be, you know, a decent size operation and be able to produce a wholesome product to, you know, provide to my friends and family. So I definitely think that's what I'm most proud of. And just also the fact that I started from nothing and, you know, literally bought two heifers and then grew from there. And, um, you know, I recently just sold several head, but I had about 50. So to go from two to about 50 in five years, I mean, that is something I'm proud of as well. Yeah, that's amazing. And such growth in such a short amount of time. And, you know, being able to provide food for your community is such a rewarding thing. Yes, it is. And I just love, you know, having having it all tied together, like my passion for agriculture and, you know, my experiences and knowledge and also having my a herd of my own. Yeah, for sure. So, Kendall, what are the plans for your future in KD Cattle Co.? Well, I definitely have been looking for a lease or just another piece of property to be able to continue to expand in Florida. Florida is definitely very different, but we do have a lot of agriculture here that people probably don't realize. But we also are developing so rapidly here in Florida as well. So it's pretty hard to obtain land these days, but that is something that I am working on for the near future. And I just want to continue to grow to be able to, you know, get the word out there that, you know, I have this cattle company and, and can provide beef and continue to just build, bridge, be able to bridge the gap between producers and consumers. Yeah, that's so great. And I am so excited to continue to watch you grow and uh, all of the good things that are coming your way. So thank you so much, Kendall, for, for joining me today. I'm so excited that I was able to chat with you about your farm and your growing ranch and all of the things and our love of Liberty Bib overall. So <laughs> me too. thank you very much. For the listeners who would like to connect with you after the show, where can they find you online? Yes. So I am on Facebook and Instagram. So currently my Instagram handle is Miss Odessa, M-I-S-S-O-D-E-S-S-A-556. Perfect. (laughs) Kendall, thank you so much again for sharing your story with us today. I really appreciate it. Yes. Thank you so much. It was so nice chatting with you. Thanks for listening to the Rural Woman Podcast, a proud member of the Positively Farming Media Podcast Network. The Rural Woman Podcast is more than just a podcast. We are a community. A huge thank you to the Rural Woman Podcast team, audio editor Max Hofer, and admin support from Kim & Co. Online. A special thanks to our Patreon executive producers, Sarah Reedner from Happiness by the Acre and Carrie Munven from Laystone Farms. To learn how you can become a Patreon executive producer or other ways to financially support the show, head on over to wildrosefarmer.com to learn more. Be sure to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you listen to the podcast to get the latest episodes directly on your playlist. And if you are loving the show, please be sure to leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that accepts ratings and reviews. 
you can connect with us on social media at The Rural Woman Podcast and with me at Wild Rose Farmer. One of the best ways you can support the show is by sharing it. Send this episode to a friend or share on your social media. Let's strengthen and amplify the voices of women in agriculture together. Until next time, my friend, keep sharing your story. Thank you.